Welcome back, everyone, to Point of Sale, where we break down great retailers and the data and technology that move their supply chains. And you know what time of the year it is. And I honestly think Billy Madison said it best. Oh, back to school, back to school to prove to dad that I'm not a fool. I got my lunch packed up. My boots tied tight. I hope I don't get in a fight. Oh, back to school. Back to school. Back to school. (laughs) Yeah, it is time for us to get ready for back to school shopping. So as everyone is out there getting their snack packs ready, because we all know it's the best snack that there is for the lunchroom. Uh, <laughs> it's also time for retailers to get things ready to go. And I felt like, okay, well, why don't we start this August with a, a nice little episode about the statistics uh, behind back to school retail uh, and overall spending as well. I think it's an incredible market. And there's a lot of interesting statistics of when exactly this type of shopping picks up. Uh, and what people are looking forward to or maybe not looking forward to this upcoming year. So overall, back-to-school shopping, if we can bring up that first chart, uh, is actually increasing right along with inflation. 37% of parents believe they're going to spend more, and uh, it sounds like they're going to be spending right about as much more as they have been uh, with inflation rates up 8%, averaging about $661 per child which is insane. I remember a $200 budget for my mom going back, and it was nothing, nothing more than that ever. Uh, And it's actually gone up about 24% since 2019, with the total spending at $34.4 billion this year. And that is just in the U.S. alone. Now, uh, it's interesting. uh, Some of that loss has actually been, uh, some of the growth that we've seen fall off has been focused on current homeschooling uh, for different children. Uh, And homeschoolers are likely to spend about 15% less than the average shopper. So uh, we saw a lot of that during the pandemic, a lot of people pulling their children out because they weren't maybe as happy with different regulations when it came to school district to school district. But in this one in particular, it's it's still incredible to see that this market has continued to grow uh, single, if not double digits every single year. Uh, and it's a boost for in-store shopping, that experience in in total. I mean, 49% of shopping for back to school will be done in the store. And I think that showcases, you know, the different needs and the different wants. You know, when you have three, four, five children, you're going to want to go in store, have them pick out what they want. Uh, it can be difficult to manage that even online. So uh, there's maybe an experience that technology can focus on for uh, the future of back-to-school shopping. Uh, And it's even interesting to note that the mental health uh, uh, aspect behind back-to-school shopping. If we can pull up that perfect chart, perfect, thank you, team. Uh, Over 50% of of parents are concerned about their child's mental health, and 36% of them have actually spent money on products and services to make sure they're addressing that. So it's another area where uh, parents are, are planning on spending more just to make sure that their student is going to school, enjoying the classroom. You know, there's nothing like having that opportunity to pick the Lisa Frank folder over just a regular old manila folder. I mean, that that kind of stuff right there brings 
quick joy to every child. And I think when you look at mental health, parents are willing to spend a little bit extra to know that their kid has that little braggadocious moment, uh, depending on what their trapper keeper might look like. And when does the shopping occur? Well, we're actually in peak season right now. If anything, coming right off the tail of it. I found this really interesting. And the trends have lightly changed throughout the years. I think a lot of the last couple of years, you'll notice that um, a lot of parents have started earlier, if not middle of July, with that peak ending literally right about now. And I think that's a lot to do with, you know, thankfully, media sites like Freightways pushing parents and pushing the consumers to think ahead of time of, of when exactly they're going to go and, and purchase these items that they know that they'll absolutely need. And why is that important? Well, let's be honest, there's potential for stockouts at the end of the day, and 63% of retailers are expecting them. Uh, and of course, as a consumer, we will quickly change brands if that isn't in the store, especially consider that, right? Most parents said they're going to go in stores for the shopping. It's not like they're going to be able to jump from website to website to figure out what brand exactly they want to buy. So if they are in Target that day, and unfortunately, Target doesn't have that item, uh, they're going to go to a different brand within Target to make sure that that purchase is made. And uh, a number will, uh, 60, 60% will check availability before going in. So all of this is really important for retailers and the uh, the stores like Target, like Meyer, like Walmart that hold a lot of these brands to think ahead of time. And really, why I think this is important, and what really brings the the, the guests that I have today on the show, is that in order to prepare for back to school shopping you got to make sure you have the right people to make sure inventory is in place. And at the end of the day, once that inventory is in place, how is it getting to that final consumer? Well, you got to make sure that you have the best first, middle, and last mile delivery partners. So that brings us to our guest today. I have with us the Vice President of Growth at Warp, David Lynch. And Warp, for everyone who doesn't know, is a middle mile logistics provider, uh, solutions provider as well. Uh, David, thank you so much for coming on the show with us today. Grace, great to great to be here. First of all, you brought back some serious memories. So I'm from a family of five boys, no girls. My mom really tried, really did. Um, and I was a horrendous nightmare when it came to back to school shopping. I always wanted the newest school bag and I would get bored of it so quickly uh, when I landed in school. I think, I think what it was at the time was I was convincing myself, this year is going to be different. This is going to be an exciting year for me versus any other year I've had. And, uh, you know, I like new pens, new pencils. And I didn't need a lot of it. Like, it's interesting what you're saying about stuff running out. But I just, I look back now and I'm like, whoever invents, essentially, whoever comes up with a bag, and maybe this would be my next, my next gig, whoever comes up with a school bag that a kid will like after year one is literally going to be on yeah. something. Like whoever comes up to the bag where the kid doesn't go, but mom, that, that's what I had for last year. I can't have the set. I can't have the same bag again because <laughs> that would look silly in front of all those friends that are loaded. That I have to pretend that I'm kind of got something. You know, my mom's like, "Oh yeah, but here's the secret: we're not loaded." So, you know, <laughs> sorry, it's going to be a cheap new bag if it's going to be a new bag. So, yeah, you brought back a lot of memories there. The fighting as well, like because sometimes mom would decide to just buy the bags and bring them back to five boys. Like, what are you doing? That's crazy. We're just going to kill each other. You basically throw them in like one of the sheds on the farm. I grew up on the farm. And you just basically say, okay, guys, fight 
to the death for your <laughs> school bags. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. No pickaxes allowed. <laughs> See, I had the biggest problem with keeping a lunchbox. I would lose it constantly. And so got to a point where my mom said, if you lose this next one, you're going to paper bags. And no one wanted to be that person either. <laughs> so no. I had to lay down the law. No. <laughs> don't, even, don't even talk to me about school lunches. You know, you always knew when dad made the school lunches. Because you were just like, the, the ratio of ham in the lunch was just so outrageously like tiny or enormous. That you felt like you were yeah. eating an animal in in the sandwich. Whilst my mum made them, it was like, okay, we're we're back on track here, folks. And if you got a roll yeah. rather than just a plain sandwich, those were the great days because you were like, oh yeah, oh that's fantastic. Oh now we're here. Um, so yeah, <laughs> brings back a lot of memories. But thank you very much for having me on the show today. Of course. Yeah. And it's a very nostalgic episode, that's for sure. And uh, I'm really excited that you get the opportunity to come on and, and introduce people, not just to Warp, but the importance of the middle mile and the partners that you, you provide for that as well. Um, I guess, could you dive into why exactly Warp found it, it was important to, to focus on middle mile logistics? I will. I just have one question for you, which I should yes. have asked immediately when getting on. How are you? How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing so how, how good. It's been a fun week. I'm doing, thank you so much. Yeah, I spent so much time just now, talking about my mom in school. I forgot to even ask you the most important question, which is, how are you? So I apologize for that. Uh, you know, I'm doing good and I'm happy. I don't have children and I don't have to worry about back to school shopping. And that's And as a oh. big fan of uh, Sharpies and uh, G2 pens, it's my favorite bargain shopping in about a month. They collapse all the all the prices down. So if anything, oh yeah, you uh, get we're, it. We're buying some just, You get some, get your AirPods in, get your get your yes. earphones in, and you basically just dial in. Like that's what my brother did. He went to Winners yesterday. Winners is a very big Canadian store, and it's kind of like an outlet because it's essentially where all the fashion brands have their stuff sent. It's like a TJ Maxx, TK Maxx kind of concept. Yes. And, yeah. yeah. He said he he spent three hours in there. He was just he got his AirPods in. He got some good chill music going and he ended up like buying half the store but you know he said <laughs> it's a great store if you've got the time um but um look back to your question uh why why warp i suppose but also you know uh what's relevant today with everything that's going on and just like peak season in general as we come into it it's a really exciting time for everyone i think i just want to say because we feel like maybe this will be the first winter that we won't get struck touch wood uh, so hard by, by you know, COVID and, and any other additional variant that comes along the line, which means people are out and about again, uh, or as we would say in Canada, out in the boot. Um, and uh, <laughs> when, we, when we look at Warp and where Warp fits in, Warp is essentially a technology platform. Uh, and it, it is a proprietary technology platform that we've built that connects the shippers to the carriers. So when we look at the space today, not only of, you know, full truckload, less than truckload. Uh, when we look at uh, inner city middle mile, which really is a thing, it is the movement from warehouse to warehouse of goods. It is stock rebalancing. You know, uh, a company like Warp is going to be really important because although we built this technology that connects shippers and carriers, fundamentally, we have combined a number of amazing people from the freight space with a number of amazing people from the last mile space. And what we've come up with is multimodal middle mile. And multimodal middle mile is the ability not only to go with, you know, your 53 footers or even box trucks, but it's actually taking advantage of um, sprinter vans 
It's taking advantage of different vehicles to solve different problems. And that's why we exist. So when we look at large brands today that are going to be thinking of the back to school period, but also the peak season that we get into, you have to think about how balanced from a stock standpoint your stores are. You know, we look at how Target did from 2019 all the way up to, you know, this year alone and their results. Store fulfillment is really hot right now. It's in, it's real, it works, but you have to have a way to manage that stock across all your stores in a relevant city, inner city. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and Warp is really solving for that for a number of different companies, which is really exciting. And we're solving for it because we've got this beautiful combination of last mile technologists, uh, last mile experience, people like Daniel and Troy, our founders. And then you've got like the depth and experience of our network team, of our sales team, our VP of sales, Bill, for example, who come from, you know, I think there's like 25 years per person at times in that uh, freight space. So you're combining these wow. two different um, ways of thinking to solve problems. So a lot of people that we're going to be helping with that should be reaching out to us to say hello uh, not me specifically, because I'm just going to talk the ear off you. Um, so I'll tell you a lot of jokes. I'll make you laugh. Uh, I might even play you a song, but I'd rather re- you reach out to our to our uh, accounts team uh, or our client success team. But the people that are going to be needing warp are those that obviously need to book full truckloads and less than truckloads across the country. But then it's people that are trying to solve for those same problems, but in cities. You know, you're you've got all these stores. You need a way to actively manage stock rebalancing quickly. You need to confide in someone that's done it before, as well as like there's 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 a beautiful kind of connection between last mile, like that store to door, that end delivery to the end customer, that experience, and then reshuffling it and channeling channeling it into inner city middle mile. That's why you would go to work. So if you're one of those retailers out there and you're thinking about this and you're thinking about like, oh, well, how much stock do we have and how do we get this to balance correctly? You should give us a call uh, or Ghostbusters, uh, one or the other, <laughs> whoever you can get in touch with first. Yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe if there's if there's ghosts, but uh, maybe you can handle that situation. You never know. There could be well. ghosts in your closet if you're in <laughs> Ikea. That's terrible. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm interested in a big part of your offering is the technology that you guys have, have produced. And how do you feel like your technology optimizes that middle mile piece better than, than those out there in the space today? Great question. First of all, what we did was we listened to people in the space. Uh, so when, when you look at like the freight space, it's very relationship driven. It's very experience driven. Yeah. Like, some of the people that are good at their job are good because they have built these incredible relationships with carriers, with shippers, with logistics coordinators, logistics managers, with you name it, right? And so what's come is this kind of amazing community of people that will lean on each other to help each other out. Now, there's obviously competition there as well. You know, everybody's competing for those different opportunities, for sure. But what we did first was we said, okay, let's hold off on building any crazy technology, which, by the way, the, the phase and anyone that's out there that's like, you know, from, from the VC space or even from the last mile space will definitely recognize what I'm about to say. But, and I was, I, you know, I've been there, I've seen it. A lot of people went first at building the tech because they had an idea that, yeah, this is what they need. This is what they need. And then what happened was, is actually you had to roll back change, you had to make changes here. 
oh no, actually that's not going to work because we just learned this new piece of information from this experienced person that we just hired. And so now we're going to have to change it again. Oh, actually now we've just hired this other person who's actually in this space. And although we built this out because we read a blog online once that said we should have this, that's actually not that relevant anymore. So we said we should probably avoid that mistake. And so what we decided to do was we said, let's Mm -hmm. hire in very, very, very experienced people with respect to network management, carrier management, and let's watch them for a while. Because the FDL LTL space can be quite manual, can be quite relationship driven, can be be quite human. You know, you're bidding on the DAT, you're looking at the, you're putting a load up on a board. You know, there's there's very manual approaches there and they work, by the way, in, in, in many cases. And so we did that. And then what we started to do was build technology around it. So we started to capture the things that they did well and try our best to technologize, if that's a word. I don't think it's a word. Please don't look it up for anyone who's listening today. It's a word. Um, But try to technologize it. it. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Thank you, Grace. See, Grace, that was so nice. So... We tried to we tried to do that, and that's what we've done. That's that's what we've essentially done. So we've listened to our network team, our pricing team. We've listened to our brokers. We've listened to our salespeople, our enterprise salespeople, who tell us different things as, as to what customers want. And now what we've managed to do that makes it particularly different is we've built this incredible uh, depth of carriers in the platform. So it makes it very easy for us, especially with that additional experience from the team, to assign carriers to the right opportunities. Don't get me wrong. Did we make mistakes? So far, have we made mistakes? Ooh, how Do we continue to make mistakes? Mistakes, Yes. But we're very good at um, getting ourselves back on track and learning from those lessons rather than kind of, you know, forgetting about it, moving on, saying, oh, that won't happen again. Like we're, we're yeah. really, really, really good at understanding where those mistakes came from and then optimizing the technology a little bit more. I also think that's because Daniel, who, you know, in part is heavily involved in the product, our CEO um, and our, our head of product, Felix, they're just very, they, um, they lack a big head, which is probably mm. more of an Irish thing. Uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> no, they it's, lack here. it's here in the US. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what it does is, and if you've ever worked with product managers before, product managers are like lead guitarists in a band. They have a very strong <laughs> yeah. opinion on what yeah. they do. They're really good <laughs> at what they do, but like you'll be trying to rehearse a, a song and it'll be like, Johnny, can you can you please just stop by playing that riff? Like I'm I'm just trying to they're just trying to, you know what I mean? But every yeah. so often you come across a lead guitarist that's just like has the hands across the, you know, the guitar, and you're just like, yeah, you just tell me when you want me. And you're like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I can yeah, I'll tune down, I'll tune up this point. That is what how I see Daniel and Felix. They're very good at listening to the company, listening to the team, and then most importantly, kind of weighing that all up and deciding what should be implemented next. So it's uh, that was a very general question. So to tighten it up, like what make through technology, shall we say, uh, competitive in the market or more interesting in the market than others? I think we've done a great job at taking humans and how they do their job really well in the space and translating that into the technology to continue helping those humans, not replace them. Because that's like right now, I really believe it's impossible because of just some of the amazing things I've seen humans do in this space. Like recovery loads yeah. are crazy. When you hear, I'm sure you've heard about these grace about just like literal yeah. superheroes, supermans stepping in to like get a, a load recovered and get it on another truck. Like there's some amazing stories that technology won't always do because there's favors involved. There's relationships involved. There's trust involved. You know, there's a lot of things that technology can't support. So we've listened to those people. We've technologized what they do to a degree. And then I think our ability to iterate very, very quickly comes from Daniel and Felix's ability just to listen, to be empathetic. 
the opposite of which I'm doing right now, just talking like an absolute rabbit. So I apologize. Um, I hope that helps. No, no, yeah, no, it definitely helps. And I guess, uh, how are you moving forward, right? Where else are you looking to disrupt this middle mile? Uh, is there any other solutions that you're hoping to add or, or bring to Warp's platform uh, within the next year or so? Yes, absolutely. So we're in the process of finalizing our cross-docking solution. Um, we have some sort of a more manual approach to it, but our cross-docking solution is going to be quite impressive. I can't give much away on it, but I can tell you that we've taken the time to build the technology that, you know, Daniel and Troy saw utilized when they, you have to remember, Daniel and Troy came from the last mile space. So they interacted a lot with middle mile logistics, you know, and uh, yeah. cross-docking was always a very important component that they wanted to implement in their previous endeavors. And they had these incredible ideas as to how it could work. What they've done really well is they've said, like, let's take the time while monitoring our progress, monitoring the way we build our baseline, like the, the, the actual platform itself that connects shippers and carriers to get cross-stocking to a point where, where it's absolutely as relatable as possible before we have to iterate it again and launch it. The cross-stocking app is going to be incredible. It's something that I'm... I'm yeah. super pumped about um, and I can't wait for people to see it and use it um, because like cross docking is incredibly helpful. And especially when we look at, you know, rebalancing, like if you've got a real tough time of rebalancing and you need a full truckload to come in, you need a way to divert, div uh, disperse that very quickly, sending it into a warehouse where it has to sit, where it has to like sit in, you know, in, in wait to get back out again versus yeah. like having a very efficient way to, cross-stock it and split it out to the relevant stores. It's just a very powerful tool and we've got yeah. the keys to it. I really do believe we do. And that's one piece I'm looking forward to. Uh, other technology or other elements that I'm looking forward to. Honestly, there's just so much more that we have to build into the actual platform itself. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't mind saying that. Like our best customers, like we, we took this great approach at the beginning where we basically told customers, hey, like th this is all we know. And we need to develop ourselves and we need to grow. And, uh, you know, sorry if you hear my dog in the background. She just decided to come in and say hello. Um, <laughs> and uh, what we did in doing that is like they've kind of helped us build the platform to where it is today, which is pretty exciting. So there's a lot more alone just to add to our platform to improve it, to get it to a place where it's, it's really the best in class. But right now, what's cool is, you know, customers are just telling us alone and you'll see we updated this before. We, we kind of started with the, the, the logo of Master Year and Wild. This was before I arrived. Not to suggest, Daniel and Troy, you were listening, that, you know, uh, I just changed the game for us. I don't actually really do anything here. I just talk to Grace all day. I really just take it easy. I actually have a tea time book. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, but we changed it to peace of mind. And we changed the peace of mind because literally uh, our uh, CRO, Troy, got on calls with people, uh, our customers, just to listen in and, and, and essentially go, you know, what do you think we're actually solving for you? Like in the most cynical way. And the answer was always, honestly, you just give me peace of mind. You're giving me a break. Like yeah. I can shut off and have dinner with my wife and kids and I can, I can go to bed for a bit. And that to us was really powerful because that doesn't mean you have to be perfect. It means you do have to iterate over time. You can't be like luster. You can't sit on your laurels, but like, you know, you, you can, um, you, you can actually solve people's personal problems <laughs> as well as professional problems was continue was continuing to iterate the product. So so that's some of the stuff I'm excited to see grow the cross-docking piece and sure. our platform as a whole. 
I love it. And uh, I'll be here to beta test it and write about it when that comes out. So, of course, keep in touch Absolutely. with me for that. And, uh, with Grace hey, as well. Oh, real quick. Listening, we're going we're to do, yeah. with Grace, we're going to do tests as well. We're going to feed her tequila and see if she can still book loads. Because we want to we wanna do all sorts of tests. Probably feed her joints as well. You know, yeah. the whole shebang. We're just going to do a whole bunch yeah. of while maybe we'll do while walking. We'll get you on a bicycle with a laptop attached to the front and just see, can you still book loads? Because if we can't allow her to book loads while she's riding a bike or driving a car, I'm just kidding. So you there's know. no joy, right? No, no that's awesome. No, where's the joy? Well, hey, we need to be able to do two things I, at once. We need to be multitaskers as a whole because our lives are too easy. We need to complicate them even more than they are today. That's our goal of <laughs> Well, we only have, uh, unfortunately, one minute here, which means I'm going to have to book you for another show here in the future. Oh, uh, but where can, uh, where can our listeners go and learn more about Warp and, and get in touch with you and your team as well? So our website, we have a resources page. Just click on resources. You'll see podcasts from um, Daniel uh, you know, on the logistics of logistics with Joe Lynch, my uh, cousin removed somewhere in the ether in the distance, <laughs> uh, which is funny. I also hopped on that podcast with Joe. Uh, we just finished a podcast with Vision uh, and we've got a couple more on the line, but take a look at our LinkedIn because what people need to see as well, especially you shippers out there, to you shippers, uh, is um, our people. Uh, you know, you want to believe in the peers uh, that are around you. Like when people recommend to you, you should try this place out, you should eat here, you should use this, you should use that. Like look at the people that work in Warp and what they're talking about online on LinkedIn. And that will give you the confidence that either when you're in a buying cycle or if you're looking for a spot load or you're looking for support in inner city um, rebalancing, you know, you know who to go to. And that's Ghostbusters. I'm just kidding. It's our people who are on LinkedIn. And, and they're there for you and they'll ask, uh, they'll answer any questions for you too. Honestly, I'm, I, I do want to say, I want to call out to the warp, to the warpers. I'm very, very lucky. I have one of the coolest teams I've ever worked with and some of the most amazing people I've ever worked with, Grace. So um, honestly, don't ever hesitate just to ask them a question. Um, they won't be able to tell yeah. you, you know, everything. Like, where did I leave my car? But they'll certainly help you out with your uh, middle mile logistics. <laughs> Well, I love that. Great people behind great techniques, great culture. And uh, again, we're going to have to have you on the show soon. You're just a, a wonderful uh, character and person to have on here. And for all of our listeners, oh, go check out Warp. Of course. Yeah. Everyone, go check out Warp. Uh, get in touch with their Grace, company. don't forget. Uh, we're all here out. for you as well. Oh, thank you We're all you here so for you much. as well. Yeah, so don't forget that. Everyone, he's right. Go subscribe to this podcast. Go like and subscribe. There you go. And of course, there sign up go. for our newsletter. See everyone next week. Thank you so much, David. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> wow,